this week I get to talk to another lovely woman who is passionate about God and the Bible and everything, end times, and so many controversial things. And while I was talking to her, I didn't get to say it in the actual interview, but it's just something that I think in this day and age is we are so offended as a culture and yet the gospel and the bible itself is so offensive and that is something i mean our culture doesn't like to be offended we're offended over every little thing we're offended by you know someone cuts us off in traffic if um you know our food isn't delivered in the five minutes that we ordered it whatever it may be we're offended from various things that happen in our life and yet on a spiritual level people are so willing in our culture to turn to anything but christ you know right now the whole new age stuff is very popular now we have a extreme amount of people turning to you know become muslim or catholic for some reason is on the rise so all of these things and yet christianity is not and there are so many people that are you know walking away from the faith or are lukewarm christians walking around and just don't care i recently saw a video on instagram that just really made me sad it was this guy that was on the street and he was asking people like, are you ready for Jesus to come again? And majority of them said, no, uh, not interested or like, I don't care. And it just, I think we, as a, we're just so, we think we have time as a culture. We're very go, 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 you know, I'll slow down eventually. Um, and I can go down a rabbit hole with this uh, rabbit trailer um, about, like, you know, careers and whatnot. And, you know, putting children on hold, putting marriage. Everything seems to be we need to rush things. We need to, you know, keep going. And it's so funny because doing these interviews really forced me to slow down and sit down and have conversations with people. And... I have loved talking to this woman and to many other women and just hearing their hearts for Christ. So I hope you enjoyed this interview, as I did. So why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Okay, um, my name's Stephanie. Um, I just moved to Tennessee, and I have a dog. <laughs> I'm a pretty boring person. I don't have that much going on. Um, I live kind of off-grid, so that's kind of interesting. Uh, in a tiny house, and you know, I'm just your average Jesus loving girl trying to make heaven crowded. I absolutely love that. You know what? Boring is as <laughs> as I've gotten older, I've appreciated like yes. life being boring. If it's interesting, yep. it's always going bad. Like, <laughs> yeah, <sighs> but okay, so I want to talk about how you got into talking about end times and biblical topics. Yeah, so, um. I always had um, an Instagram, but I kind of kept it after my parents passed away. I just kind of woke up to everything and just realized how short of time we have and how short life is and we're not promised tomorrow. And 
I don't know, I just have had this sense of urgency almost since um, they're passing to share the gospel and the truth. And it's kind of been uh, me waking up to this stuff as well. So it's it's not just like I'm seeing this, but I'm, I'm also experiencing it and like going through this in real time and saying, you know, I've gone through this as well. And I thought these things and believed these things, but this is actually what the Bible says. And this is the truth. So yeah, it's kind of the journey it's been. Yeah. No, I love that. So we're going to like jump right into like all things deep. So <laughs> can, <laughs> can we lose our really? salvation? Cause I know this is a big one amongst, you know, yeah. Christian circles. And- because I used, I, I would never have thought I said this and thought that I believe you could use, lose your salvation. But the more you dig into it and just even me sharing um, this on Instagram and reading through comments and seeing people, people say no, but then, then they, their words say otherwise. And it goes back to a works, works-based salvation. And so uh, to answer your question, no, we can't lose our salvation because when we put our faith in Christ and we make him my like our Lord and Savior, we're sealed. In that moment, we're marked, we're made a new creation, we're justified by his righteousness, and that's what salvation is. It's, it's based on what he did. It's not based on anything that we did. Um, it's a free gift, and we, we are not powerful enough to become unborn again spiritually or break that new creation um, or break the seal that God has set on us in that moment when we put our faith in Jesus. Um, you know, like the famous Bible verse, chapter 16 of eternal life. Like we, he, when he said, whoever believes will have eternal life, like he meant it. He wasn't like kidding. He wasn't saying, okay, well I'll give you eternal life in this moment, but you have to keep doing X, Y, and Z in order to keep it up. And so, you know, if we believe that, then we believe God, is who he says he is. If we don't, then we may not to be a liar. We know God is a liar, right? So, um, simply put, no. <laughs> but um, there's also a quote that I love, and it says, I don't know who said it, but it says, you know, if we could lose our salvation, we definitely would. And it's so true because, like, we are imperfect sinners. We sin every single day, both intentionally and unintentionally. And if one sin could wreck our salvation and make us lose it, then we've already lost it, you know, because none of us are perfect. And that's, that's where Jesus comes in. That's where grace comes in and where we're saved because of what he has done, not anything that we can do. No, I agree. I think what you had said there was super important about how like, it's not, it's not on us. It's on God, which I think, you know, that's super important to remember because like you said, if it were on us, you know, we'd already have lost it. And it's important to keep that in mind. You can't undo like a spiritual binding that Christ has done, basically. Yeah. And I, oh yeah, yeah. And it's it's a blood contract. Like you can't break a contract that God has written and signed with His Son's blood. So, <laughs> like, I just I find it more hilarious that people are like, "Yeah, you can lose your salvation. Undo this." I'm like, yeah, and then are you God? Like, that's putting a lot of power in your hands. Exactly. And that's uh, that. my my question, my next question is, like, do you believe that you're more powerful than God to, you know, break mm. the seal, rewrite what real life means, and, you know, become unjustified and break the new creation, just for the new creation? 
that's a very dangerous place to put ourselves. Yes, we, mm. we are not God and we are not that powerful. Yeah, no, absolutely. So on the topic of blood, you recently wrote a post on pleading the blood of Jesus. Can you please explain what this means? Because I had never heard of this before you wrote the post. Yeah, yeah and it's, it's kind of crazy because I don't think, so when I wrote that, I, like, Jesus has been pressing on my heart to write this one for a while, and I have just been putting it off and putting it off, and, like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to say this because I know, like, people are going to freak out. And part of it is a lot of people have not, A, they don't even know what we're talking about, right? Or B, they haven't had it abused the way I have seen it abused and in the charismatic church and um, how they abuse it. So uh, basically it's a phrase that people use when they're praying. Um, it's used in like the charismatic or to faith, uh, those kind of in tradition. So if you look at, um, and this is what cracks me up too, is like people will say, you don't know what you're talking about. Like you have no experience in this. It's like, I actually grew up in this. Like, <laughs> like I, I was told to pray this way. My parents prayed, prayed this way. Um, and so it's, when you look at the word of faith, um, their website, uh, Rayma Bible Training Center is one of the big ones. Um, they have like a whole written explanation of what it is, but basically, um, it's rooted in tradition and it's believed that when you, when you say it, you activate quote unquote, what happens or what happens, excuse me, through the blood of Jesus on the cross. And like, even just saying that out loud, it sounds new age, right? Like it sounds, mm -hmm. um, like a, like a magic spell almost. Right. So there's that part of it, but then you go to scripture and you look and you say, okay, where in the Bible are we to pray like this? Where did Jesus pray like this? Did he teach his disciples to pray like this? Did he teach us to pray like this? And I can't find one scripture <laughs> to say that we are instructed to pray like this. Mm -hmm. um, there's two passages that the charismatic church loves to use. And one is in Exodus when um, God is through with the last plague to teach the uh, Egyptians, you know, the lesson and to let the people go. And he instructs the Israelites to also um, put blood on the doorpost and um, to like cover them basically. And it's interesting because they were supposed to use a spotless lamb without blemish. And God is that spotless lamb. He is the one who came to shed his blood and redeem us. And so, like, the blood has already been applied to our life. So, again, why it's just, it's unbiblical, it's unnecessary, because God has already come and fulfilled that. Um, but then the second passage they love to use is in Revelation, um, chapter 12, verse 11, and it says, and they defeated him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. And so they take that as, well, we need to plead the blood, because they defeated him by the blood of the Lamb. But, again, the blood of the Lamb is Jesus. It's what was applied off the cross when he died for us 2,000 years ago. And there's, like, the devil's already been defeated. That's the thing. We are not to take that, like, it's very dangerous to then take that. It's not that we're not walking in his authority or whatever they want to say, but, like, we know his authority, but we are not, we are not God. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. we're not, we're not taking that on ourselves. We're called to resist the devil, not, mm. resist the devil and flee from him, right? Not, yeah. like, combat with him and, and inter interact almost like yeah. we, we don't need to you know I mean pray this way or use this phrase or like 
anything like that. It's, mm. it's not something that we need to activate. It's already been applied to our life. Yeah, I love what you said is how, like, you know, we're not to, like, engage with the devil and, like, battle but flee. Because, again, yeah. that's not – we're not called to, uh, you know, fight him based on, like, you know, Christ has done that and, you know, he will come back and do it again, um, like, for the final battle. But, yeah, that's – I really like that you made that point. So, okay, kind of going from that, I do want to hear your thoughts on anointing our homes in oil because I know this kind of goes along with, like, a lot of the charismatic people I see doing, you know, the pleading the blood of Jesus and anointing their homes and doing all of these things. So, like, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, so um, in the Bible, the, like, oil was and is a representation of the Holy Spirit. And again, as a born again believer, we have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of us. The Holy Spirit has been applied to our life. So I don't see, again, where we're instructed to anoint our homes with oil. Um, I see where Jesus has been, you know, the oil has been applied to him. But I don't see anywhere where we're instructed to do that to our home. I think more of like a feel good kind of thing, like mm-hmm. a protection. Um kind of thing if that makes sense yeah but it's to me it's it's more of like a a, a symbolic kind of thing okay and uh you know it makes me feel better um whereas like we have the holy spirit living on the inside of us and it's been applied to our life again like the blood of jesus so i don't really see the necessity of it but i also don't see where it's like forbidden so okay i kind of you know you want to do it makes you feel better i don't see that necessary in my opinion though yeah that makes sense so there's no harm like if someone's doing it you know it's not gonna harm anything but also keeping in mind that you know we already have the yeah. holy spirit the power is in god it's not yeah. in the oil and yeah. like again growing up like they would pass out the handkerchiefs or like a cloth would be if you have this cloth but again it's like the power is not in the cloth yeah is in Jesus and what he did on the cross. Um, it's not in, again, I think just thinking back to like my experience growing up and the, they were almost like super Christians, they would think, mm-hmm. right? And if, if you got touched by this person, then like you would be healed. But like Jesus is the only one yeah. that has that. It's not, it's not any of like, that doesn't sound right. But you know what I mean? Like, yeah. The power that we have that resides in us is Jesus. It's the Holy Spirit living on the inside of us. It's not within this object that we we feel that we have, you know, more power using it. So can I ask, did you grow up in a, like, charismatic uh, church, or was it more conservative, or? No, uh, <laughs> no, I grew up in, like, the Holy Rollers. Okay. <laughs> The crazy running around and uh, falling down, laying hands, and and it's it's so tough. And again, like why discernment is so important because and why I'm reading our Bible because this is how the devil gets us. He puts like just enough truth, mm-hmm. um, and then like the whole charismatic movement is based on emotionalism and your experience and how you're feeling, and it's almost like this high that you're trying to achieve all the time. 
And it makes me so sad because like I hear so many people or people come to me in my inbox and they're like, I don't feel like, like close to Jesus or I don't, you know, feel X, Y, and Z. I don't feel his presence. And it's, it's that, that's what is impacting and happening to them is Mm -hmm. they've sought that, that emotional high almost. And we have to realize that like, just because we don't feel that God is with us doesn't mean he isn't just because we don't like go to church and feel the goosebumps does not mean that God is not there, that God is not speaking to us. Like it, it's, it's a very fine, fine line. And mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's why uh, discernment is so important, you know? Yeah. No, I think it makes me think of like, you know, how everyone is like when they're those first stages of like, you know, engagement or whatever, the honeymoon stage, yeah. like, those feelings of, oh, I love you so much. Well, those die pretty quickly. I mean, it doesn't take long and life hits pretty hard after the honeymoon stage. And like, what are you going to do? Like those feelings are gone. Like the lovey-dovey feelings. Are you, you know, going to divorce because you don't feel love? But it's like that, um, that choice to keep, to keep that relationship. And I think that goes back to, even though we don't feel Christ um in our lives all the time keeping that relationship keeping you know being in the word keeping um fellowship with other believers like all the things even if you're not feeling that high all the time yeah and that's kind of where this all almost started because like you said asked me in the beginning like where this how I got started you know my mom had a stroke and Mm. then that led to a brain aneurysm and you know the the way I grew up thinking that prosperity gospel of like God is always, it's always his will to heal and you Mm. should always be walking in victory. And if you're not, then you have unrepentant sin or um, you don't have enough faith. Like that is not, that's not true. (laughs) Like, um, you know, I don't know. I still don't know why God, you know, took my mom or why she got sick or my dad, why my dad had a heart attack, but we have to trust that he knows better than us. And mm-hmm. when you're faced with these things, these really hard things to walk through, your theology is going to be tested. And mine yeah. was definitely tested. And you can either go two ways in that moment. You can completely, you know, go off the deep end and flee and run in the other direction. Or you can do like me and sit there and be challenged. And I mean, there was a time and a point where I was very angry at God. Like, I'm not going to pretend like mm-hmm. oh I just accepted it and like God knows that like no like I <laughs> there's still days where I'm like what in the world yeah but it really makes you wrestle with why you believe what you believe and if what you believe is true and you know the great thing is we we have Jesus is always with us but we also have his word and we continually go back to that time and time again and stand firm on that because his word never changes oh absolutely so, like, in today's world, when that is hard, you know, we're supposed to have discernment. How are we to get discernment? Yeah. Um, first, we need to be reading our Bible. Because <laughs> that's where, you know, like, that's where the truth is. And it sounds so simple, but, like, that's a big reason why I was deceived by so many of the false teachers nowadays. Because I wasn't reading my Bible consistently. You know, I was reading a lot of books. I was reading devotionals. I was, quote, unquote, doing you know, the Bible things, but, or Jesus things, but I wasn't sitting with the word of God. And I know it can be hard and I know it can be daunting to pick up the Bible and not know where to start and just, you know, read it and not understand it all the time. But 
we have to take the time to wrestle with that and sit with it and to go to the Lord in prayer and, and pray for the serpent, you know, like the, the Bible says like to ask for wisdom and he will give it to you. So, um, you know, the first part is reading the Bible. <laughs> We've got to know what, uh, the truth is that when we're confronted with these lies, we are, our spirit is quickened and we're, we're like, no, that's not true. Like part of it, true, but that's not what that Bible actually said. Um, and then of course, praying, you know, pray for eyes to see, pray for ears to hear and, um, pray that your discernment is grown. And, you know, I think it grows as you grow in your faith as well. Um, but yeah. So why are we, I mean, kind of went over this a little bit. So why is discernment so important? Like we know we're supposed to have it. Um, we know, you know, how to get it, reading our Bible. But like, why is it so important, especially in today's world? Yeah, I mean, I think we're in a time where just deception is everywhere. And it's not like, it's not clothed in devil horns and black and red. Like, it is almost, almost all the time it's snuck into, you know, churches mm -hmm. and pulpits and books and like little popular things here and there where we think it's no big deal that we're doing things, but it's actually quite a big deal. Um, and, you know, that's how the devil operates. Like he, he's got one trick. It's, it's been from the very beginning, from the Garden of Eden, did God really say, and he uses that time and time again. He doesn't recreate anything new. He just manipulates things that are already created by God, twists it with half the truth. Because we forget that the, the devil knows the Bible too. Like he was an angel. He sat with God. He worshiped God. Like he, he knows the truth. But he also knows exactly how to twist it and spin it so that we'll be deceived. And so that's, again, why we just have to put on the full armor every single day, be in the word, um, and be praying so that when we're confronted with these things, we know. Like, and we're aware and we're not falling for his tricks and his lies. So are we living in the last days? I mean, I've heard <laughs> I've heard many a people say this and I I mean I have my own personal beliefs, but I want to hear what you say. Yeah, I mean, I believe we are. There's there's just so many things happening worldwide that I I don't know how we couldn't be. Mm -hmm. Um and the fact that there's so many people right now saying like, "Oh, like every generation has said that." Like literally the Bible says I think in Second Peter that like that will happen. That scoffers will come and they will say, mm. um, you know, basically, you, you said this before, generation before you said that. Like it's no different. Yeah. Um, but it, it, I mean, the things that are happening in this world today, like <laughs> I, I don't, I don't know how he could have be coming back soon. Oh, absolutely. And I think I mean I've covered this on other episodes where. We've talked about, like, looking at, you know, even if you were to not look at, like, countries individually, like, just looking at Israel, like, and what uh, the Bible says about Israel, like, everything always goes back to them. And just, like, the timeline always follows them. So if you want to know what's happening, <laughs> look at well, them. Yep. 100%. So for the American church, though, what should we be doing differently? Um, we gotta be the church. <laughs> I think we're just, we've, we've become a house of like popularity. Mm -hmm. We want to be culturally relevant instead of, uh, 
standing for the truth. And sometimes it means being controversial because what's popular nowadays is not popular or biblical, but the Bible says, and that's kind of what my whole account is, is about. And I know some people like it, some people don't, but you know, I'm just, I'm just trying to see and look at what, what is happening in the world right now, mm. apply a lens of Bible to it basically. Um, and the second part I think is the church has got to disciple the ones that are there because so many times, and again, coming from mega churches, like it's just a show, it's just an experience. It's just, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's an entertaining thing, right? Instead yeah. of really digging in and discipling the flock instead of just entertaining them. Um, there's, I mean, my comment section alone will show you a little discipleship churches have nowadays and whether that's the people tuning in and plugging into it or the church not offering it, I think it's a little bit of both, but, um, that pastor, I mean, pastors have a much greater responsibility than the rest of us. And so I think really taking that seriously and not just preaching a sermon on Monday, but going deeper and you know, that whole disciple aspect needs to be applied in the church. I agree. I mean, my husband and I, we had church hopped for a little over two years before we kind of settled at the church we're at right now. But like, it was like church after church, you know, we saw so many issues um, with things, whether it be um, corrupt leadership or, Um, other issues like with the body of believers you know just kind of sitting in the service and then like dipping right afterwards and not like having community with anyone else it was a very interesting um thing that we just saw time and time after again yeah it's and it's really hard to find there's no perfect church right because it's run by people but looking at the church's statement of faith um, seeing what they believe. I mean, you can look at that before you even go and attend because I'm, I'm very much the same way. I've moved a ton of times and it's really hard going to a church, especially like I'm single. And so going by myself and mm-hmm. being asked, this is your first time. Like it's hard, yeah. right? It's hard. It's a, it's a process, but it's so worth it when you find a good solid church with good solid community. And again, that discipleship where you're, you're, you're being taught not just like the surface level topical, like digging deep into it. Yeah. And I think, I mean, like you said, it's hard. I think to encourage the listeners not to give up because it can be very discouraging when you aren't finding that church. And like you said, no church is perfect, but I also have come to learn that the way leadership and like the people in the local church deal with things is going to be huge. So if they're not dealing with, you know, things in a biblical way, whether it's like conflict conflict or whatever is coming up, um, then, you know, it's kind of a red flag and maybe you shouldn't be going to that one and finding a different church. Absolutely. So why are Christians not looking to God right now? Like, why are they more concerned with worldly things than Jesus's return? Um, so I think, Hey, I think people think they have more time than they do. Mm -hmm. Um, I think they just think, you know, I have time, I'm going to live my life, you know, I'm going to enjoy it. That's what I'm here for. Um, again, I don't think they 
they think they're going to see Jesus's return in their lifetime. Mm. Whereas I do, <laughs> I think he's coming back before I, I pass on. Yeah. Um, but I think the other thing is a lot of churches now don't teach Bible prophecy. And so I don't even think some people know what to look for. So they may see these things happening around the world, but they can't, they don't, again, they're not in their Bible or they don't know what the Bible says or their church isn't um, discussing it and teaching Bible prophecy. So they're, they're just not even aware, um, which is really sad because that's, I think it's a third or a fourth of the Bible is, is prophecy. So yeah. To them and just skip over it is a tragedy because you're, you're taking, you know, a fourth of, I'm just going to say a fourth, it could be a third, um, but you're taking a large chunk out of what the Bible says. Yeah. And I think a lot of times, like, I've heard people say, oh, I could never read Daniel or Revelation because it's so intimidating or it scares me. And I don't think as Christians we should be scared or, I mean, intimidated. <laughs> I think sometimes, sometimes you know, reading the Bible as a whole can be intimidating because there's a lot to unpack. But, um, yeah, just, like, they don't know where to start or it's too scary, there's too much symbolism, or there's too whatever it is. Um, but again, I think it goes back to, like, the local church is not discipling. They're not, um, pastors are not going into prophecy. They're not talking about any of the prophecy, or if it is, it's, like, the, like, uh, when Christ was born, and, like, that type of prophecy, like, that was already fulfilled. Yeah. Right. Well. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> I had a thought and that just went out of my brain. So oh, no. <laughs> it might come back, but um, I can't. Oh, the scary part. Yeah. The, the, that's, that's what, I mean, and again, I think it's how it's taught because I grew up with like a very scary, real sense of hell um, and not wanting to go there. But, you know, if you scare people into <laughs> going to hell, that's not really the point yeah. of being sick. Um, and so reading through, like you said, Daniel or revelation, like that should give us hope that Jesus is coming back and that we know what's going to happen. It's not, it's not meant to be scary. And I, I think, like you said, it goes back to how it's being taught on Sunday, the discipleship aspect again. Um, and like, Again, it's hard to find trusted sources that talk about this. Um, I even don't like naming names because, you know, people change their views, things come out. And so then you have to kind of like, oh, I didn't know that. But really dig deep. And I, I do have some resources on my page and a lot of other um, people in my, you know, field or whatever have the same. But do the work and test it against the scripture. That's what we're, that's what we're called to do. And so if you are reading something, your um a book or you know a resource help um along with this and it doesn't line up with what the bible says then you need to put it down so there there are many resources out there that will help you not only read the bible but understand what it's saying yeah so where can you know you talked about you have social media where can people find you for these resources for you know all of the controversial things that you like to post uh, just be aware if you come to my page. <laughs> no, um, I don't, and I don't intend to ruffle feathers. I just, I talk to God every week. I say, okay, what do we need to share about? Like, what do you want me to talk about? And these are the things he puts in my heart. Um, yeah. 
and they're not as popular and some weeks are, you know, more controversial than others, but, um, I'm, on, I'm just on Instagram and, uh, I do have a couple like email lists that you can sign up for, um, the broadcast channel and all that, but my handle's deep rooted truth with periods in between the words. Yeah. And I'll link everything in the show notes so people can find you. So, yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on and talking about all of this because it is important and I think we need to be talking about it even more. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on. Thank you so much. All right, you have a lovely day. You as well. So a big encouragement to all my listeners is that for those who are fighting the good fight and for those of us who are Christians, we need to not be lukewarm. We need to be really in the word every day. And I say this as a mother who, <laughs> preaching to the choir over here, is not in the word every day because little, uh, that's an excuse. But we really do need to be in the word because that is going to bring about discernment. In this day and age, we need discernment because the world is only going to get crazier. And unfortunately, things are... Things are going to be disguised and sound really good or really close to the truth. Because like Tiffany said, that the Bible, like Satan knows the Bible. And, you know, a lot of people know the Bible. But Satan likes to twist things. And we really need to have discernment and be looking and comparing things to the Bible. I have so much fun making these for you guys and interviewing different women. And so what you can do to help me out is leave a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Share this with all your friends and family as well. New episodes come out every Thursday, 8 a.m. Central Time. This is Elise Weathers, and this is Womanhood in the Rock.